welcome to another edition of Destination Annapolis, a podcast focusing on the people, places, and events that make Annapolis and Anne Arundel County, Maryland, a destination of choice for discerning travelers. I'm your host, Susan Seifried with Visit Annapolis and Anne Arundel County, and I'm happy to have as my guest today, Damien Sinclair, Director of Creative Advancement at Maryland Hall for the Creative Arts in Annapolis. Welcome, Damien. It's great to have you here today. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. So Maryland Hall is a bit of a rock star here in Annapolis. For more than 40 years, it has served as the city's cultural core. And before that, the building was home to Annapolis High School for nearly 50 years. So education and community outreach have always been a part of its mission. Can you fill our listeners in a little bit about how and why Maryland Hall first got started? Sure, absolutely. And I think as you referenced, um, Maryland Hall is a building. It is a space uh, located kind of centrally in Maryland, and it was centralized because it was the original Annapolis High School. It was built in 1932, and it has been uh, kind of this fixture of a location and a space uh, since that time. Uh, It is a beautiful historic building. It is um, currently right now about 64,000 square feet. In 1979, the community decided to dedicate that space when Annapolis High School itself had moved out to new facilities, decided to dedicate that space to the use of the arts, artists, art studios, classrooms, ways for the community to engage in artistic participation. That start has led to, as you expressed, a 40-year history of art offerings in our community. It has expanded over the years you know, it has, we have added um, a more professional theater space, taking the old auditorium and creating kind of a beautiful space to listen to music and watch dance. Uh, we've transformed the old gymnasium into a film theater. Uh, we have, you know, continuously worked and lovingly updated the building to meet the needs of the arts community, as well as our kind of residential community in and outside of Annapolis. And over that period of time, you know, we have, you know, crafted offerings that visitors have been able to enjoy and experience as well. So, you know, 40 years is a good chunk of time to kind of craft a vision, craft an offerings, and to, uh, to serve our community in a lot of different ways. So all of us in the whole world are kind of dealing with COVID-19 and everybody has sort of regrouped and refocused and looked at what their product is and how to survive and maybe even thrive at this time. I think Marilyn Hall has also taken a serious look at its offerings at this time, and you have modified to accommodate people at this difficult time. Oh, we sure have, you know, and I think, you know, your note of everybody has had to kind of be introspective and look at the way they operate through COVID is 100% true. I think one of the benefits of working for an arts organization is you are surrounded by people who think creatively. And so it has allowed us to kind of really relook at our role in the community in a positive and energetic way and think about, okay, how can we best serve A, during this period of time? And how do we use this period of time, this pause, this kind of forced pause to rethink about how we're going to serve our community, uh, you know, leaving this period? Because this will end at some point and we will move forward as a community uh, and we need to be ready for that. So at Maryland Hall, we've done several things already. 
uh, to kind of adapt to that. Um, our class offerings, we've now, you know, moved to kind of a virtual class offering setting. Uh, we're just now starting to get into the world of having both uh, in-person and virtual offerings. Uh, we've reimagined how we utilize space for our offerings to make sure that we can be socially distant, safe, COVID safe, and all of that. Classes have been outside. Classes have been in our production studio, uh, which is a part of our facility that's a little bit larger and provides us with a lot more space. You know, and we're exploring even using our main theater stage as a classroom uh, for you know the right offerings uh, that we need to do. So, from a class perspective. You know, we've continued to offer straight through COVID outside of maybe two weeks there where we were on full lockdown at the very beginning. And we are continuing to look at how do we rebuild that in a way that both our teachers and the students feel safe in engaging. From a performance perspective, uh, we've actually tried to spend more time looking outside of our walls. So we have done uh, what we call front stairs concerts. Uh, so putting performances on the front stairs of our building using our beautiful historic facade as a backdrop and this uh, stunning um, you know, lawn in front of our building as a way to safely gather. We tested that in the fall. We did two of those uh, uh, offerings. We had the Eastport Oyster Boys perform and we had um, a collaboration with the Annapolis Film Festival. We showed a screening of a film, a first run film uh, from our front stairs and allowed people to watch it that night you know, from our lawn. We're going to continue that moving forward. You know, we can gather people safely outdoors in a way that we can't indoors. Having said that, though, we are going to constantly be looking for those opportunities to bring people back in. And when we do, our team's going to be looking for the safest ways to do that. We've created a lot of virtual offerings, different things. We've launched a new program called Athletes for the Arts. Uh, which went fully virtual this year. This is giving us kind of a fundraising and advocacy event that we wouldn't have been able to build otherwise uh, in January. It gives us now an annual event that we can use to complement some of the other events that we do. So it's this constant exploration of how do we utilize space and how do we utilize kind of our assets in the safest way for our public while keeping our activity positive and energetic. Well, as you mentioned, the Front Stairs series, that really was a big hit in the fall. And I know as we move into the spring, you're thinking and of offering that again. In terms of talking about using the inside space and the outside space, I think it's wonderful that you have Patrick Doherty, who is going to be doing this wonderful art installation at Maryland Hall. He's an internationally acclaimed environmental artist. Um, can you tell our listeners about what they can look forward to in May? Oh, absolutely. So um, uh, Patrick Doherty is unbelievable. He's been doing work all over the world and, you know, a podcast uh, format won't do it justice, but I recommend anybody listening to this to just Google his name. I think his website is stickworks.net uh, and you'll get a visual representation of what he does. But the best that I can do to paint a picture is he harvests saplings and um, with those saplings, he creates large stick sculptures uh, in different locations. And so he will be building one at Maryland Hall. Uh, his uh, build time is May 2nd through 22nd of 2021. And we've, we've finally finalized the location from the Eastern shore where we're gonna be harvesting those saplings. And he'll build a big, beautiful sculpture that will live on our front lawn for several years after it's built. It will be something that people will want to come and visit 
and experience from in town and from out of town as well. And we'll provide a great deal of framework for kind of experiencing Maryland Hall outside and from our campus. Um, I was talking to my boss this morning and we actually think of it almost as kind of a lighthouse for us, right? Like this beacon drawing people to our space. And that's part of the reason why we went this direction. The other part of it is uh, so that the community understands we are still surrounded by Anne Arundel County Public Schools. Our building, our land is owned by Anne Arundel County Public Schools and directly behind us is Bates Middle School and the Performing and Visual Arts Magnet School. And so we are a part of what truly is an arts campus and one of the goals of this installation is to include the middle school students in its creation so that we have a shared ownership of space. And we've already started working with the teachers, the arts integration teachers, the principals, in getting kids excited about this installation, which will be coming in the coming months. And will they be helping you with the harvesting of saplings? I know that was something that was being considered months ago. So their participation will be uh, independent, uh, but also in kind of collaboration. And so we're working with the teachers in the school right now and the students uh, because of COVID and because, uh, you know, the student gathering is only now starting to come in person. Uh, there won't be the same kind of daily participation that we had maybe had hoped for when we first signed up for this, you know, but the reality is the students will be creating their own little projects and, uh, they will be building kind of alongside of what we do. Uh, Patrick uh, needs very specific types of volunteers in order to create. He needs adults. He needs people that can move. He needs people that can bend, who can work. And so we'll be soliciting that from our community in terms of participation. Uh, but, you know, student participation in the actual building of that sculpture uh, is, is not kind of a part of what it does. However, it's going to be a fun place for those kids, especially those that are walking to school, walking home from school, uh, to have a place where they can explore and visit, uh, you know, day and night from this point forward. And for people who have not yet visited Patrick's site, they might not realize that these environmental sculptures are house size in some instances. I mean, one story high, two story high. So when people come, they'll get to walk through this environmental sculpture. I mean, it's phenomenal. It will be something to linger with and pass through and hang out with, right? I mean, that's part of the appeal of the whole thing. Oh, absolutely. The installation is experiential. It is not designed to be looked at from afar and enjoyed. You are going to be able to walk through it. You are going to be able to experience how light shines through it, how the world looks from it. Uh, it is it is meant to be a place where you go, you experience, and you kind of engage with. Um, so yeah, it's you know again, it's not a painting hanging on the wall. It is meant to be. I I don't want to say a playground because we don't want people climbing up and down it. Uh, but you will see students running in and out of it. You will see kids. You will see dogs. You know, you, that's what it's there for. It is meant to be a part of our space and a part of our campus. 
And you had talked about the building itself and that it sits on this beautiful campus. So it's a continuum of art experiences, right? I mean, when people can go inside and be there in larger numbers, I mean, they can walk from the sculpture into the building and experience even new spaces within Maryland Hall. You had talked the other day about um, some movement that's happening inside in terms of freeing up space for additional exhibits. Would you care to share that? It reminds me because you said you could look right out the window at the sculpture from this interior space. Yeah, let me, um, I'm going to take the audience kind of on a path towards that because that is going to happen in the fall of uh, 2021. But we, uh, we started exploring opening up our galleries again for the public with the show called The Art of Activism, which ran um, in January and February of 2021. And that show, we started to think of ourselves, okay, how can we provide access to our space so that an audience member can simply come in if they felt comfortable and self-guide through the space, similar to a museum in a lot of ways. And so the art of activism actually started with the hanging of six Black Lives Matter banners out in front of our building. And we decided that we wanted African-American artists from the state of Maryland uh, to create artwork on those banners. And we figured that that provided an opportunity for people during COVID to experience an exhibition without even having to set foot in the space. And if then they were comfortable, we've created now kind of a new way to engage with the building so that you don't have to, you know, go to this very specific room and wait in line with other people. You can wander in, flow on all three floors and kind of explore the building on your own and explore the art on your own. That concept will continue moving forward through the exhibits that we have in the spring and in the summer. And in the fall, uh, we are entering into a large community dialogue about campus. And that's gonna be a broad community conversation about what are our community priorities for the arts and what can happen on the campus around Maryland Hall. But as a part of that, we will be designing a building-wide, all three floors exhibition about creative placemaking. And a part of that is taking a new space. Uh, so for years, our offices, our administrative offices were located on the second floor. The second floor for those that haven't visited is kind of the prime main entrance space in the building. You know, the principal's office would have been on the second floor in you know, the history of the building. So we've had our administrative offices on there, and we've decided that that is not efficient, good public use of that space. So we're going to move our administrative offices up to the third floor. That's harder to get to. You have to climb more stairs, but we're going to take our old space. We're going to clean it out, rebuild it in such a way that it will now become a new public space for our community. It will be designed around this kind of campus exhibition. And while we're still working on it, imagine it will be a place where maybe there's a relief map of our campus that you can experience and see where Maryland Hall sits uh, uh, you know, against Bates Middle School and the fields behind us, et cetera. But there'll be a little bit of our history in there, a little bit about the ecology of our campus. You know, we are, we are abutted right onto Spa Creek. Uh, you know, there's important ecological implications to that. And there will be art there and art and audience participation in that room. And as you referenced, it's such a beautiful space because from those windows, you will be able to see Patrick Doherty's sculpture. You, in addition, 
you know, one of the cool things about Maryland Hall is we are in the viewshed of the Capitol Dome. From those windows, when there are not a ton of leaves on the trees, you can see the state capitol from those windows. And so it creates this kind of beautiful space that we feel is going to be prime for engagement with our dialogue about campus because you will be able to see campus from it. And your artists in residence, when you mentioned your offices are moving to the third floor, I think a lot of your artists in residence have space on the third floor as well. And I believe at this time, you're putting out a call for new artists in residence, I guess, to tie in with this whole evolution and involvement of the vision that you have for Maryland Hall. Uh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, resident artists has been a part of Maryland Hall in its entire 40 years, and that will never go away. Uh, we are, like I said, entering into a big, bold community dialogue about campus. And what we wanted to do was we wanted to rethink about our artist in residence program and search for artists that can be a creative part of that conversation. And so, yes, we are designing currently a new call for artists. Uh, we are looking for uh, artists that have you know, an interesting level of skill set. You know, maybe they are artists that create public art. They are they are used to engaging with the public in the creation of art. Maybe they are performing artists. You know, who are used to creating work for site specific projects. You know, create a dance piece on a field. You know, to tell a story about the world around them. So we are looking at it from that lens, and our hope is is that by July we'll have a new host, a brand new host of artists and residents who will be coming into our space and actively participating in this bold community dialogue and becoming a member of the Maryland Hall staff in a lot of ways. And in return, uh, they'll be able to teach classes, they'll be able to have rehearsal spaces, they'll be able to participate in ed our education programs and outreach programs, and really kind of find a holistic way for these people to engage in our community planning process. And I know over the 40 year period that you are also the hub for many cultural performances in the area, the Annapolis Opera, Ballet Theater of Maryland, Live Arts Maryland, they all perform at Maryland Hall. And while in a COVID environment, that has been drastically trimmed at this point, um, that will move forward as well, even as all these other things evolve. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we're a proud home to all of those groups. And, you know, their work is kind of the cornerstone of the arts in this community. And we, we, will, we will remain a home for them as long as they want us. And, you know, th this has been the hardest part of COVID, is traditional performance. You know, we cannot gather audiences in the same way. We cannot gather, um, you know, patrons in the same way. Our space is designed for 700 plus seats. We can't bring 700 people together safely right now. So, you know, we're working our, as best we can with each group to kind of creatively look at ways to engage them in a process. Um, and so the hope is as we re-engage Front Stairs concerts, uh, they'll be a part of that if they want that opportunity to reach out to new audiences. Many of them have explored virtual options that have used Maryland Hall or will use Maryland Hall. Others, you know, for example, I believe that the orchestra has had a wonderful relationship with Strathmore and have been able to utilize that space for their virtual performances. 
And, you know, we are here to help wherever we can. The goal, though, is to bring audiences back safely for those performances. And we do expect that at some point in the fall and spring of um, 2021 and 2022, that you'll start to see some of those indoor performances coming back and, uh, you know, being housed at Maryland Hall. They will be done differently. You know, it won't be the same kind of reserve seating, uh, you know, because we're going to have to be much more thoughtful about how many people can come in, how far apart they need to be seated. And that's going to come on kind of a, an adaptive basis, depending on what the county, the city, and the state are telling us is safe to do uh, for our community. So as you're looking ahead with plans for Maryland Hall, I hear collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. That's sort of the name of the game coming out of a COVID environment, and as well as always. And you applied for the Art Town grant and received it, and that's all about collaboration as well moving forward, correct? Well, here what I say, we haven't received it yet. I like to think it's a done deal. It would make me feel really happy. Uh, but we will... Um, you know, we'll no, be notified in April of 2021. Having said that, the work that we applied for is what we are going to do moving forward, regardless of whether we receive the National Endowment for the Arts, our town grant. Uh, and, and that work is about collaboration. It is about pulling partners together to have that big dialogue. So I talked about kind of the campus conversation. That's how we phrase it. To have that conversation appropriately, you need to have all of the partners at the table. And so those partners from our perspective are, you know, the city of Annapolis, who was a co-applicant on that grant, Anne Arundel County Public Schools, who owns the majority of the land around our building and our space, Anne Arundel County, which owns similar land and the city, you know, and other arts groups like the Arts District, Art and Public Places, Annapolis, uh, visit Annapolis and others, uh, Four Rivers Heritage Area. We, it's an interesting thing about Maryland Hall because of the way we're structured, because of the way we're designed, and because of the way we're built. We can pull these partners together in a way that other organizations couldn't do on their own. We have a 40 year history with each of these groups independently and together. And so the hope, though, is that this collaboration and these conversations are really big community conversations, trying for us to find out as a community, what are our priorities artistically moving forward? And then from a Maryland Hall perspective and you know, our partners perspective, out of those priorities, what can happen on this campus? You know, again, visually it's, it's you know, we try to talk about this, it is, you know, there's us, there's Bates Middle School behind us, but there are fields behind there, you know, that are generally being underutilized by the community. And there's so much potential for what can happen. And I think the point that you made, which is so critically important, is that we're going to come out of COVID, every community is coming out of COVID, with diminished resources and likely an increased demand for those resources. If we want to grow and thrive, the fastest, we will do that through collaboration and making sure that we're not duplicating efforts in our community, that we're not, you know, using funds inefficiently. Those are the things that we can do to make sure that when we come out of it, we thrive faster. 
So is there anything else, Damien, you'd like to share with our listeners today? I, I'm so excited for the, the course that Marilyn Hall is on, as are probably our listeners. And there's so much to share. I want to make sure we, we take advantage of all that today. No, I mean, I think we covered a whole lot of it. Um, you know, we MarylandHall.org is our website, and we keep that regularly updated with all of our goings on. And so, you know, using that as a destination, if you're a listener and you want to learn more, uh, that is the place to go. Uh, But we are a uh, safe space to visit. Uh, You should come visit us right now. Uh, You know, we have plenty of parking. We've got lots of space to socially distance outside. And there's art everywhere around our building. And there will be more and more outside as we move forward. So, you know, as visitors and listeners think about, you know, coming to Annapolis and Anne Arundel County, you know, we are a short walking distance from City Dock. We are, you know, right down the street. We are part of the Annapolis Arts District. And, you know, it's a couple of extra steps just to get out to Maryland Hall and experience, A, the beautiful building, the art that we have inside and out, and all of the different experiences that we have. And I'm sure you'd like to invite everybody to actually watch Patrick Doherty in process in May, right? I mean, as he develops this sculpture, that's a sight to behold as well, not just the finished product. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of the fun of it, right? I mean, here is an artwork that is going to be created live on a daily basis on our front lawn. And I would encourage people to come at different phases between May 2nd and 22nd to see how it comes together. You know, our hope is that we can capture some kind of a time lapse so that those that aren't able to get out can kind of see the developmental process. But how cool is that as a community to be able to see the development of artwork over such a long period of time? It's that kind of experience of being almost a part of the creation process that I think, I hope the community takes advantage of. Because again, it's outside, it's safe. Take your dog for a walk by past Maryland Hall and you'll see where we are with the creation, you know, that day or that week. Well, Damien, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for sharing all that's on the horizon for Maryland Hall and the surrounding community in the months and the years ahead. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. And, um, you know, I hope everybody listening um, is staying safe and is excited to engage with the arts again in the near future. Again, my guest has been Damien Sinclair, Director of Creative Advancement at Maryland Hall for the Creative Arts. Until next time, I'm your host, Susan Seifried, with Visit Annapolis and Anne Arundel County for Destination Annapolis.